So today I'm going to get really honest with you about a topic that is so, so important and it's also extremely common when it shouldn't be. What I'm talking about is burnout and more importantly, how to spot that you might potentially be heading for it before it bites you in the ass like it did for me just a couple of weeks ago. So without further ado, let's talk about this really important topic. Are you tapping into your potential? Are you then taking that potential and turning it into a purposeful and profitable online offering so you can impact more people, share your skills and expertise and make a dent in the world? And are you doing this while living a life that fills you with purpose, happiness and opportunities for growth? This may all sound too good to be true and I am telling you it isn't. These are the big questions that I seek to answer on The Untapped Show, a podcast for go-getting humans who know that more is possible for them in life and who want to make real changes and live up to and beyond their human potential. In this weekly podcast, I share nuggets of wisdom on how to do this, combined with inspiring interviews with everyday humans who are doing this right now so that we can all learn from each other. I'm your host, Natalie Sisson, a best-selling author, podcaster, blogger, lifelong learner, triathlete and lover of handstands and who took her humble blog back in 2010 and somehow managed to turn it into a multiple six-figure business by creating different revenue streams based around my skills, talents and knowledge and I know that this is possible for you too. So every single week that's what you're going to hear here on this podcast to give you inspiration, motivation, strategy and tactics to do this for yourself and to lead a purpose-driven life. So let's dive in to this week's show. Welcome to another episode of the Untapped podcast on a topic that is so important because if you ever feel like you are doing too much in life, like you have not been able to pause and reflect, like you are not living in the present moment, like everything is compounding and piling up on you, and potentially you feel like you are a superwoman or superman, then it's quite likely that you might be heading for burnout. And I want to stop you before you get there. Because your health and your energy and your life is way more important than being overworked and trying to take on too much. So in episode 39, I talked about why less is more. And a couple of people commented back to me on the podcast like, wow, Natalie, you sound really on fire and you do really seem to love life and pack it all in. And I was very observant on that podcast that yes, I actually operate at a certain level of doing a lot of things that really works for me. So I get more energy with the more things that I can fit into a day. And I'm quite strategic about what I fit into a day and how I balance work with play, with relationships, with fun times. And I could definitely hear myself in that podcast saying, and it's probably about time that I take a few things off my plate and slow down a little because less is always more. Less when it comes to being an entrepreneur is one of the hardest things to do because we have so many ideas and we want to do them all. But the more focused you are, especially on your why and the one thing that you want to turn up with in life to really make an impact in this world, the better off you're actually going to be. And I have years worth of data on myself, but also uh, you can read the research around why having one singular focus or far fewer focuses allows you to turn up and do the deeper work and the more meaningful and impactful work. However, I can't deny that having lots of things on your plate and lots of ideas and lots of balls in the air is an exciting way to live, but it is not a sustainable one. And why I wanted to share this topic with you today is that a couple of weeks ago, burnout came up, bit me in the ass so hard 
and I really should have seen it coming. And I'm kind of pissed off at myself because back in 2013, I experienced burnout for the first time when I was actually launching The Suitcase Entrepreneur. So to give you some context, I was traveling on my book tour. I'd written the book. I'd been doing marketing and promotion and my Kickstarter for it. It was all fun and games. There was so much going on. I was doing PR interviews, promoting it, sharing it. Then I was on this actual physical live book tour throughout the US and Canada. And I was coming to my last one in Vancouver, which was the last pit stop where I had lived for two years and also it had been the place where I started my business. So it felt like such a beautiful journey to come back to Vancouver for the final stop on my book tour. And I had some dear friends, Carly and Elise, who were there to help and prep for that. They were the ones taking the money for the books. They were just brilliant on the day. And my dear friend, Kathy Goddard, and just so many people who turned up to support because they'd been part of this journey and seen me go from like the person who just flew to Vancouver on a one-way ticket to actually building out a business and then traveling the world on it and being able to write this book, which was a real celebration moment for me. However, it was Carly and Elise who noticed that I was like running at full tilt at over 120%. And they were a little worried about me. And they said, hey, Nat, have you had a decent night's sleep in a while? Because you're looking a little tired and you feel a little bit like you're highly strung and you're go, go, go. And it doesn't seem like you're switching off. And that's not sustainable. And I was like, no, what are you talking about? I've got this totally fine. Realizing that every single night I would go back to my apartment that I was staying in, thanks to my dear friend, Kathy. And I would be up until like midnight, just constantly doing anything and everything to help this book become a bestseller, which it it did in multiple categories. And it was brilliant. But I also realized I just wasn't able to switch off. I had gone beyond the state of normal and couldn't stop. Wasn't sleeping well, which is not my thing. Um, hadn't been eating super well, had been exercising, but not really the way I did and couldn't remember the last time I just had some time out. So I'm extraordinarily grateful to those special ladies in my life for spotting that in me and forcing me to go and have fish and chips in the park minus any digital devices and to watch the sunset. And we were probably there for about two hours and I just, I could feel the release of stress uh, melted away. I could feel my brain start to slow down. I could feel myself just be present in that moment and just enjoying the peace, the quiet, the tranquility, the birds, the stunning sunset and realizing in that moment how exhausted I was and how I had not stopped. So if that even resonates with you, if that sounds a little bit like where you're at right now, please note that this may be a sign that you are very, very close to burning out or on the verge of it, or potentially even in that mode and you haven't even given yourself space to heal and take some time out. So straight forward to a couple of weeks ago, as you know, I probably talked about it in episode 39 about all the things that I have going on. So I have my business, which is flourishing. I have this job that I still really enjoy. I'd taken on a contract and was attempting to squeeze it in and around that. I'm training for the half iron woman and all the training had increased massively because it's just four and a half weeks away now. So like three and a half hour bike rides on the weekend and one and a half hour runs and just a lot more training. And I thought I was handling all of this super well, plus selling our house, settling on another, just, you know, a lot of things going on and life admin of which I take the lion's share and responsibility for because I'm really good at organizing and getting a lot of things moving and making things happen. And it all piled up on me and I had gone through a week where I had spoken at a client event. Then I had a pretty shitty client meeting that was very fraught with tension and it was 
it really shook me actually. And it just manifested in my body in terms of the energy and the energy that it took out of me and how intense it made me feel because I don't mind challenge and I don't mind some confrontation, but not when it's thrown at a bunch of you for three hours and it wasn't even meant to happen. And then Thursday night, I judged some entrepreneurial awards. And then Saturday, I did my keynote at the fantastic seven and seven conference for digital nomads. And it was all on prioritizing what matters in life. And here I was on stage and it went super well. And I love talking about life pilot and how we plan our dreams and our goals. And we make them a reality every month, every week, every day. And it went down really, really well. And while I was actually preparing the talk, it also got me thinking about how I was tracking with my own life goals and how I had been massively probably dominating my life with more of this kind of work-based stuff and less of the, the things that we just love to do um, that are fun and fulfilling outside of work. And so that was a bit of a wake-up call in itself. And then the second keynote of the morning is my dear friend, Catherine Curzon, who was talking about, ironically, burnout because she has had adrenal fatigue and it was her first talk in three years and it was a real big sort of coming out moment for her. And half an hour later, I was so super proud of her. She absolutely knocked it out of the ballpark. She made so many people cry, including myself, because in that moment, there was a room full of people at this conference who realized they were exhausted or they were heading for burnout or they had not taken care of themselves in a great way. And so I'm absolutely going to have her on this podcast in future episodes, but she's doing a great job of saying no to things right now and making sure her boundaries are set, which is a big part of what helps you to avoid burnout. But she's really keen to come and talk about this because it is hugely important. Uh, She sent me her notes because I wanted to share five ways to spot burnout before it bites you in the ass, but I also wanted to follow up with some ways to recover from it and get yourself back on track as soon as you can, because I have known people who've had burnout who have still not covered from it years later. It can get that serious, which is why I want to talk to you about it, particularly at this time of the year when we're heading into crazy holiday season. We're trying to finish up all the projects and all the goals of the things that we planned out during the year. And we're maybe taking on just a little too much and pushing a little too hard. So if that resonates, this is for you. Five ways to spot burnout before it bites you in the ass. One of the first ways is to note if you are overperforming. Now, this might sound really strange, but if you are on fire on all cylinders, like I have been for months, and you are like at the top of your game and you're just nailing everything and you're running at the speed of light, but you're managing to just hold on to everything and hit everything, it's highly likely that you are probably about to tip over the edge and you need to cut back on a couple of those things that you're doing and slow the heck down. So just focus on your priorities. So that's one way to know that you're probably heading for burnout. The second is if you are not sleeping well, if you usually sleep well and now your mind is just super busy at night and even with meditation or reading, you can't slow it down. And so the quality of your sleep is pretty crappy. Maybe it's not that you're getting, that you can't get to Maybe it's not that you can't get to sleep, but that your sleeps are really short and you wake up just feeling pretty tired and not energized. A third way to spot burnout is that little things are stressing you more than normal. So you might be reacting strangely, like somebody might say, hey, um, have you seen this thing? You'd be like, no, I haven't seen that thing. And you'd be like, whoa, where did that come from? Or little things might be making you a little teary, or you might be acting a little bit more emotionally than you normally would. Maybe you're watching a movie and you burst out crying versus just being like 
a little teary. So spot any of those things where you're just not reacting with the same level of hopefully decorum and calm that you normally would. Uh, if you always act in, in an overly emotional way, you might not be able to spot this one so much. A fourth way of spotting burnout before it bites you in the ass is kind of the flip side of that is are you a little bit too calm about everything that's happening? Um, like you've almost got into the zone of zoning out anything because you're just in this do, do, do mode. So the flip side of too much emotion or overreaction is this just unbelievable kind of calm before the storm, as I like to call it. Now, if you're a calm person, that might, again, be hard to spot. But I was noticing that if I wasn't getting overly emotional about stuff, which I wasn't, I was handling everything almost too well. And things that would normally maybe rattle me or upset me, I was like just cruising through them. Um, and that's because I was not really being honest with how I was feeling. And I was keeping a lot of that emotion down and just going, no, I've got this. I'm just going to keep being calm, keep calm and carry on. That kind of fantastic English statement there. And the fifth way that you can spot burnout is that you are simply not making any time out for yourself. So every single moment of your day is filled with something. It could be a leisure activity. It could be catching up with friends, but every single moment is filled and there is zero personal time in there for you. So you are not making time to go and have a massage, which I have been trying to organize for weeks, by the way. I think it would have saved me from tipping over. Maybe you're not eating as well as you normally do. Maybe you've stopped all the fun things that you normally do, like watching your favorite TV series or going out for dinner with the girls or just, yeah, taking time out to meditate, read books, because every single minute of your day is filled. So those are five of my personal opinions around how to spot burnout before it bites you in the ass. And I would love for you to come across to this episode at nataliesisson.com forward slash podcast, look for episode 42 and share in the comments anything else that you think is a surefire sign that you're on the path to burnout or just exhaustion. Okay. Now I want to come to the lovely Catherine's notes, which she shared with me. And as I said, she will come on the podcast in the future. And I think this is just a discussion and conversation that we can keep on having. And it's particularly important because, and why it's coming out live now on this podcast is that it is International Stress Awareness Day on November 7th, if you're listening in or around then. And I think there is just more and more related topics, support, courses, events, and awareness around mental health, stress, and anxiety is more prevalent than ever. And so I wanted to play my part in bringing attention and awareness to this, to knowing that I'm here for you, that I've got your back, that I will support you in any way possible, but it is ultimately up to you and up to myself to look after ourselves and to nurture ourselves. Because if we overshoot the mark if we get exhausted if we are now basically crippled by our own self-driven nature we are no good to anybody first off we're no good to ourselves second off we're no good to our friends our families our loved ones and third we can't even turn up and serve the people in this world who we most want to help so it starts with you and it starts with you appreciating yourself first and foremost and you are your number one priority it's like when you're on the airplane and they say, put the oxygen mask on yourself first and then tend to everybody else, this is the time for you to breathe in that oxygen and take a deep breath out. Continue with four to five deep belly breaths so that you can truly just find some inner peace, inner calm in between all this busyness and doing. 
I'm also going to share with you a really short snippet from the Insights Timer app that I use every single morning to meditate and one of my commitments to myself until the end of the year. And I've been doing a really good job on this all year, but is daily meditation and sometimes twice a day. So that's my gift to myself. I really like guided meditations and Insights Timer is a free app. I have the paid version, but it's fantastic for just being able to do 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes or more. And this one this morning is actually part of a course on dealing with stress that I thought, well, why don't I start listening into some experts on how to handle this stuff, even though I thought I did pretty well with it, clearly not so much. So I just wanted to share a little snippet from this wonderful lady that I listened to her meditation this morning, but before the meditation, she always gives some advice around what is kind of physically happening to you and some things to help you out. So I'm going to play that for you now so you can listen in and calm yourself because she speaks really slowly and calmly and it's quite lovely. Today, we look at why it's important to let go of the constant need to do. Nowadays, there never seems to be enough time to get everything done. Pressure of endless deadlines means we all carry a long to-do list in our heads. Being busy may also be a way of distracting ourselves from things we find uncomfortable, such as physical pain or difficult emotions. As you've learned, your body organizes itself around what your mind is engaged with at any given moment. So if your mind is always focused on doing the next thing, your body will be in a constant state of readiness to act. Energy follows attention. So when your mind is focused on what's happening next, it's very likely you'll feel on the front foot and ahead of yourself rather than being in the present. Your mind may also become over-vigilant watching and waiting for something to happen, even when you sit down to relax. All of this makes it hard to relax. So I hope you enjoyed that. And now I'm going to share some of Catherine's fantastic tips. So when she was doing her keynote, one of the first things she said to do is when you are feeling burnt out, when you have been in constant stress at a physical level, there's no way for your body to heal, right? So it really, really starts to affect us. You obviously will be exhausted, but you can start to get things like inflammation and chronic illness, like adrenal fatigue, which is what Catherine has. Some of these things can affect you for years and years and years and take a long time to recover from. So prevention of burnout is more important than getting to the place of burnout, right? And luckily I only had it mildly. So just to let you know, I took about five days off. I took some leave and I also just took literally those days off. I slept a lot. I napped a lot. I read books. I did not a lot of anything. I did zero training, which was really weird for me because I've been training seven days a week for the Ironman and it felt odd, but at the same time, boy, it felt so good. And I could barely move sometimes. I was just that exhausted. Little decisions felt hard. I took all responsibility off my plate for those five days. I let people know that I wasn't available. I didn't take on any commitments. I barely left the house. I hung out with my dogs. I sat out in sun for vitamin D. 
I watched nature. I listened to the birds. I fell asleep on the deck chair furniture. I had my feet in the grass. I just did the least amount of things possible. And I only turned up and committed to my fantastic students of Launch Your Damn course because I noted that they gave me energy. Everything else drained me apart from them and my dogs and my and my Josh. So just a real note there, I literally just took those five days out, took everything off my plate and rested and relaxed. And then I've been really kind to myself over the last week, taking things really easy and introducing things really slowly and filling myself with great food, really healthy food, lots of sleep and lots of rest. So back to Catherine's tips. Her first tip is to surrender. You need to accept the situation you've gotten yourself into. And I must admit that took me a little while. I was like, this is not a great time to be so exhausted that I can't function. It's shitty, but hey, I'm here. So I just need to accept that this is where I've got myself to. And my number one priority now is me and my health. And why do you need to accept and just surrender and understand where you've gotten to? That's because it will actually immediately reduce the stress in your brain and therefore your body. So your brain will go, okay, I'm accepting, this is where I'm at, this is how I feel, now I've labeled it, now I've claimed it, now I've owned it, I can actually start to relax. And that turns on your parasympathetic nervous system, which is all about healing. You know when you go into fight or flight mode, it's actually you using your sympathetic nervous system, which is puts you into the sort of highly strong mode where you could save your life if you needed to by fleeing from a dangerous situation, right? But when you are in that state all the time and you're feeding your body on stress and so it's working more effectively and you're hyped up and you've got more adrenaline, after a while, your body is never going into the parasympathetic nervous system. So it's never going into rest and recovery. So you just basically are constantly in a stressed out mode. So surrendering allows your body to go, thank goodness, I can finally switch over into the parasympathetic I can finally switch over into the parasympathetic nervous system and chill the heck out. Until you do that, you'll continue to kick out stress hormones and push yourself and your body further into burnout. So please accept, surrender, and acknowledge where you're at. The second tip, which I loved, and I'm going to try and do this in Catherine's accent, be a sleep ninja. No, no, I didn't really do her justice. She's got this gorgeous British accent, and this was such an important point. She talked a lot about sleep hygiene, the amount of sleep you need, which is a lot more than you think, especially when you're burnt out. So at least eight hours, the timing of it going to bed by 9 p.m. each night, when she said that, I think everybody in the conference was like, (gasps) but 9 p.m., especially when you're super tired on the path to burnout, the quality of sleep at that time of night is so much more important and no screens. It really, really matters because it helps your brain to basically get back on form. It stops that stress cycle of being totally wired and it starts to regulate your stress hormones into a more normal pattern so you can heal and recover more quickly. The third fantastic tip is to get your fat on, which doesn't mean eating a whole lot of takeaways like KFC. It means no processed foods, sugar, caffeine or alcohol. Yes, I said alcohol, because that will really help your stress response. If you're feeding yourself sugar and all those shitty foods all the time, your body just can't heal. It's not getting the right nutrients and it's actually wiring you for more stress. You want to eat more regularly. Catherine was actually eating up to six times a day and also sometimes drinking salted water, which really helps with basically 
your iodine levels, especially if you're having iodine salt, by the way, and that just keeps you more hydrated and it's really good. I often find when I've been exercising a lot, I just really, really crave salty foods and that's what they actually do put into electrolytes as well, which is basically helping you hydrate a lot more. In addition to that, herbs and supplements can help you combat burnout, vitamin C, vitamin B complex, magnesium. I actually have magnesium every single night before I go to bed, especially when I've been exercising. It's fantastic for muscle recovery. So those are some of the herbs that she recommended. And then she also just talked about the fact that you kind of need to realize that burnout can be a disease of the mind and that your body healing, as I mentioned before, can take months or years for it to actually happen. So you can't just, and I was really weary of this this time, I took those five days out and then I started doing things and every single day I was monitoring how I feel because it can easily bite you in the butt and put you right back where you are if you try to run before you can walk. And that's something that I often try to do. So just acknowledging that you might take a week out or two weeks out, but you still have to ease back into life because it will take you three steps backwards before you can move one step forward. So you need patience and you need to really monitor your energy levels. And you know what else you need to do? I'm going to add uh, in one more after Catherine's final one, which is around hit the beach. (laughs) Uh, I loved it when she said this because I get all my energy from water. Water is a real energy source for me. It might well be for you. It's been proven actually in research to be an incredible source of natural energy in this world. And so whenever I'm near a river or a lake, but especially the beach, I feel just so much more energized. And currently I'm recording this podcast from Gisborne, where Josh and I are at our little investment property that we've got. We're doing some remote work and we're going to be doing some painting later this week just so that we can be part of the renovation. And yesterday we went to the beach twice. We took the dogs, we took the frisbees, we've been on a morning stroll on the beach, which was beautiful and grounding, no shoes, feet on the sand, throwing the frisbees just loved it. And then in the evening we went and I did an ocean swim as part of my training, took it really light, felt amazing. And so getting to the beach, really grounding your feet in grass or in the sand, being near the water is fantastic. It reduces inflammation, it reduces your cortisol levels, and it calms your sympathetic nervous system. Plus nature just in general has mental health benefits that are un freaking believable it blows my mind when people don't get out into nature at least once or twice a week if not every single day you only need half an hour walking through a forest or in a park and you will instantly feel better and the final one that i wanted to add in is get a support system get people who know you really well and are not going to allow you to run before you can walk who will force you to rest who will make you healthy dinners who will make sure that you are not committing to things, who will turn up at your house, make you a cup of herb tea and just allow you to be and chill and not have deep and meaningful discussions, even though they're great, but just be there to support you, to help you rest and to make you know that you are totally okay and that the world is not going to end if you aren't doing all the things all the time. You have to allow room for your purpose and gifts that gives you the mental and physical well-being that you need. So if you have been missing creative work like painting, if you usually play the piano or an instrument and you've not been doing that, do that. If you normally doodle and draw, do that. If you love cooking and it gives you energy and it calms you, do that. Make time for your creative outlets. 
And I know I did during the time when I was really tired. It was actually all I had energy for. And it just really helped me to recover in a much better way. So there you have it. Five ways to spot if burnout is about to bite you in the ass and five ways to recover from burnout and get yourself back on track with a bonus one from me. I hope you enjoy this episode. It's such a hugely important discussion to have. I'm more than happy to talk about it more on the podcast. So let me know in the comments, nataliesisson.com forward slash podcast if you'd like more around this topic. Because obviously this podcast is untapped and it's all about tapping into your potential. And the only way you can do that, my friends, is if you are full of energy and an optimal health. It's the best possible way to turn up and tap into your potential and get paid to be you. So you need to look after you. I'm Natalie Sisson. Thank you so much for listening. And please do me a favor and share this with a friend who really needs to hear this message. Also, finally, I would love to invite you along to a fabulous webinar that is happening right around the time of hopefully you listening to this. If you are indeed wanting to get back on purpose to start a blog and to profit from it. It's with my good friend, Jonathan Milligan. He's holding a webinar on all about how to build a blog and a freedom plan that matters to you. That's why I'm especially excited to talk about it because as you know, I wrote the freedom plan book. I have the freedom plan program and Jonathan's here talking about get your freedom plan by building a blog that matters and is actually profitable. So if you've always considered that, please, please, please head to nataliesisson.com forward slash blog academy and you'll be able to find the webinar link right there. Thank you for listening to Untapped. Look after yourself. 